All right, church. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. As we were up here praying, I heard three things. Ask, seek, knock. So this morning, church, that's all we need to do is just simply ask and turn our hearts to heaven, turn our minds to Jesus, um, and receive. It's just receive this morning, and we don't have to come ready. I was talking to a friend. I was like, man, I got to get ready for church. And I was like, well, that's weird. You know, we don't have to get ready. We just have to ask and seek and knock, which are all three very intentional things. So we have to turn our intention to receiving this morning from heaven. Amen. Stand with me this morning. I would just encourage you to take that word from the Lord this morning that Pastor Liz had and just say, Lord, I'm here to ask, I'm here to seek, I'm here to knock. And then you don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to, it doesn't say push the door open. It doesn't say kick it open. It doesn't say go try to find the right lock or the combination. It just says ask, seek, and knock. And then he opens the door. He answers the question. He's the one who delivers. So we just want to worship him this morning with that sense of just asking, seeking, and knocking for his presence. And he always, always delivers because he is faithful. Amen? Amen. Exodus 15 is our call to worship this morning. I really just had this sense of just the family of God this morning. The family of God, and this is the Israelites. They came out of Egypt. And even in the midst of some turmoil and some situations and some circumstances, they stopped and reflected and worshipped God. And so I don't know what's going on in your life this morning, what circumstance, what issue you came in with, but we're just going to stop. We're going to ask, seek, and knock, and we're going to worship him and let him deliver. It says this, verse 1 says, Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. And He has become my salvation. He is my God. And I will praise Him. My Father's God, I will exalt Him. Then verse 11 says, Who is like You, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like You, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? So, Father, we just come before You today. We worship You in spirit and in truth. Lord, that You are our strength. You are our song. You are our salvation. You are our God, and we will praise You. We will worship You. We will exalt You this morning. Lord, there is no one like You. You are glorious. You are holy. We sing praises to you, for you do wonders. We praise your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him this morning.
Church, as we come to the table of communion to partake of the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus, it's in this that we remember him, that we remember that he is worthy. He's worthy of all of our worship, all of our praise, all of our thanksgiving, all of our trust, all of our tears and our struggles. He is worthy. The Lord talked to me this week. Um, that always sounds super spiritual, but I mean, talks to me while I'm on the go because I'm always on the go. Um, and I was thinking about how we come to him with needs and he doesn't despise us for our need. He is so practical. And every mom said, amen. Like he's just so practical. You can cry out about the most benign things, just these tiny things. And he's right there. He's so practical. <clears throat> and I was thinking about how I come to him and I'm often seeking like, wh which way do we go? What decision do we make? Or I'm often asking, like, where's the truth? Where's the truth? That's a big one for me. If I can find the truth of a situation, his truth, the truth, then I can plant on that and I feel safe. Whatever comes at me, I just feel safe because I just can hold on to that. But oftentimes I'm looking for a particular truth in a situation. So what's the truth? Which way do I go? What paths lead to life? Lord, is this thing okay? Is this thing that my kid is interested in, is this okay? Or is this something I need to watch out for? Um, is this okay? Does this, is this going to be life-giving or not? And he just reminded me, he just gave me this picture, and he said, Liz, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. And, and your father Liz, this is what God is love. So you have love and you have the way and you have the truth and you have life. And then, and then you have a helper. The Holy Spirit is the helper. Gosh, and he helps us. So church, we have all that we need this morning. We have all that we need this morning. In relationship in relationship, in relationship with the Father, in relationship with the Son, in relationship with the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you this morning to meditate on that, to meditate on each one. And if one of those feels more distant, like I can connect with the Holy Spirit, I just can connect so much. But Connection with the Father, that's been, a, that's been a journey for me, to picture the Father and to sense his love for me. And I have had to get in truth on that. I've had to renew my mind with the word to, to fortify and to, and to go deeper in that relationship. So as we take communion today, just talk with him. Ask him where. God, where, am, where is there distance between us and what am I believing that needs to be renewed? It needs to change. It needs to come into truth so that I can, so I can be hidden in your love and I can, be, I can be hidden in the way, the truth, the life. The way we take communion here is there's a one-way path. You'll come out into the aisles that come down and you'll pick up your communion elements and you'll hold on to them and circle back to your seats. 
And then Pastor Jason's going to come up and we'll partake of communion together. So I release you to come down. The elements on the middle plate are those that are gluten-free. So those are there for you if you need them. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Now that we have our elements, let's just take a moment and reflect on what was just said. Let's take a moment to think about our relationship with the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And before we take communion this morning to strengthen that bond with Him, with God, the triune God. Remembering what He has done for us. <laughs> Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank 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 you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father, we just thank you this morning for your love, for your faithfulness, for your goodness. Jesus, we thank you for paying the price on the cross for our sins. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with us and for us as our helper, as our guide. So God, we just thank you this morning, all parts of you and who you are. We come before you with these communion elements. This is our celebration of your sacrifice that you made on our behalf. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Church, stand with me. We're going to continue to worship the Lord. I just feel in my heart, I just want to share one thing before we continue to worship. This morning as I was going on my prayer walk, the Lord said to me that today he wants to do a healing. And I know he just did this recently, and I love it because he wants to do it all the time. And I always ask him, Lord, I say, what specifically? Is there something specific you want to heal today? And I just had this picture of someone who has pain in this area, like kind of like your chin, uh, your jaw, your mouth, 
like kind of your teeth area, anything around this area that he wants to heal this morning. And so the altar is going to be open. So a couple of things. If you just need to do business with the Lord, I just ask that you come down here along the sides over here. But if that's you this morning, if you need a healing touch from God as we sing this last song, as we worship him, I just encourage you just to come up here in the front. I will probably pray with you very quickly. But the Lord is the one who does the work. The Lord is the one who does the healing. And I also sense that there was someone watching online who is watching this now or is going to watch it later. And we're going to pray for that person as well, whoever that may be. So let's continue to worship the Lord this morning. Church, in the overcoming, what Jesus did on the cross, he did for relationship. It was for freedom that Christ has set you free. No longer to be subject to a yoke of slavery. And we live in a culture today that will look at the life of a person who walks with the Lord, who takes counsel from the Lord, who, who brings themselves into submission to his ways. And we give credit to the person to what they're doing, all the right things. And we get this. Well, you're pastors, so, you know, you must be extra good or extra spiritual. Or you hear from God in a way that I can't. And it's, it's nothing. There's nothing. It's all Jesus. It's 100% Jesus. It's 100% Jesus. And it's in the believing that you are saved. It's in the believing that you walk in victory. And yes, yeah, so in the believing, all the good, any good that has come of our life, it's in, it's in the believing that he wants us. We believe that he speaks and that he gives us wisdom. We believe that it's our responsibility to then act and to trust him and to believe him. That if he says go and we don't see the way, we just step in that direction anyway, and, and he brings the firmness underneath our feet. And it's miraculous, and it's extraordinary. But the only credit that we have unto righteousness is the blood of Jesus, and that we believe. Is that we believe. Just believe. And it takes time. Like, this is a process. Because, because you, don't, you don't know what you believe. In, in every area. You don't know the areas you're trusting God and the areas you're not trusting God. Um, you know, I thought I believed that God loved me, but my life was not showing signs of belief because you, as you believe, so you will speak. And as you believe, so you will choose. As you believe, so you will live. So if you are struggling in an area, if you're struggling to feel close to God or you're struggling to overcome and and um, overcome a particular sin. The question is not, how do I do better, God? How do I do better? What do I do? Here, I have a strategy. I have a strategy to not fall into this sin. And I love strategies and I love systems, organizational systems, and I love processes and I love those things. But the question is, Lord, what am I believing? Where's the lie? Because Lord, I'm, I'm, this is not freedom. Any area that you're not in freedom it might be finances and fear over provision and paying bills. It might be in the giving and receiving of love. 
It might be in relationships and you find it difficult to interact with a particular person or particular people. And the question is not, Lord, how do I do better so that, what, so that I please you more? He couldn't possibly be more pleased with you. Well, hold on, back up. He couldn't possibly love you more, okay? He couldn't possibly love you more. But what gives him the greatest pleasure is when we thrive in his love. So, and I've said this to my kids, there are different degrees to which I am pleased with you, but I never love you any less and I never love you any more. It's nothing. When you obey, I don't love you more than when you disobey. I love you the same. But one is more pleasing. And one leads to life. So church, the exhortation today is to know him. Is to believe in who he is. Pastor Jason's preaching on his character. He is good. He is faithful. He doesn't ever change. You can count on him to always remain the same. His love for you doesn't change. So church, what are you believing today? Because if there's something in your life that's not in alignment, like I just don't feel close to God. Okay. He's not upset with you. Just ask him, okay, God, what am I believing that's putting space between me and you? I just don't feel forgiven. You don't know. You don't understand what I've done. I know I'm forgiven, but you're still hung up on that thing that you caused, that pain that you caused that mess that you made and you just can't get to the point where you feel okay, like you feel forgiven, you feel like released. Ask the Lord, what what am I believing? How can I step in to the, the feelings come after the belief? You'll never feel good enough until you believe that you're good enough. You will never feel loved until you believe that you are loved. And wives, I'm going to tell you, this goes with your husband too. I mean, it took like over a decade for me to finally be like, Liz, he loves you. He's just in a bad mood. Like, it's okay. You don't have to get your boxing gloves on and go after him. Like, what's your problem? Why don't you love me? Like, goodness gracious, he's a saint. I mean, can you see his halo? So I'm telling you, wives, this applies to you too. Husbands, you won't ever feel like a man you just accept and believe that you are the man Come on. enough you are enough yeah. but you're never going to feel it until you just say this is the truth yeah. and anything that says anything that is contrary to this truth I will reject it in completely completely even if it has shades of truth well that's kind of accurate it's a lie if it doesn't Acknowledge and lift up the truth, which is that you are loved, you are enough, you are the man that God wants you to be. You're in the process. You are enough in him. So church, let's just line up our beliefs today because this is, he is the way. This is the way, the truth, the life, Jesus And every truth written in this book is true. You want victory over your finances? You want victory in your parenting because your kids are not where you want them to be? And you know, I just wasn't the parent that I should have been. I just made so many mistakes. He is the God of redemption. He's the restorer. He reconciles us to God and one to another. There's nothing he cannot do. He will lead you in the way 
of victory in all things. So church, let's come out of worship today with a commitment to question what are we believing and how can we go after the truth. And you will see, you will see transformation in your lives. I mean, I'm here for transformation every Sunday. I want to be transformed, transformed into the image of God. I want to, I want to walk and believe that I am and see and feel how he sees me and all that he's given, all that he died so that I can have. Guys, I do want to take a moment and pray for anyone who had that issue with jaw, kind of your teeth, your mouth area. I felt this morning there was someone who was online, but if you're here today and that's you as well, just put your hand kind of on the area. Actually, put your hand on any area where there's pain in your body right now. And specifically, if you're watching online or you're listening to this later, if that's you, if you've got this pain in your jaw, in your mouth area, or like in your teeth, we're just going to pray for that this morning. The Bible says that he himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we have died to sins might live for righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. It's done. The price has been paid. It's taken care of. So, Father, we just lift up this morning every physical challenge in this place, specifically ones that have to do with the, this jaw and the neck area and the chin and the mouth, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you are a healing God. And we believe because of who you are, testimony after testimony of your faithfulness, your goodness, and your healing power, Lord, we believe and receive today your healing touch and power in our bodies, in our lives. And we thank you, Lord, for your healing power. The same power that rose Christ from the grave lives and dwells on the inside of us, bringing health to our mortal bodies. So, Father, we just speak life to our mortal bodies this morning. We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As we move into a time of greeting, there's all the things. Uh, Nursery today is DIY, do it yourself. So parents, the nursery is open and available to you for ages zero to three. You can... Yeah, uh, you can hear the service in there. Um, It is fifth Sunday. I think a fifth Sunday happens two or three times a year. Um, So two or three times a year, it's DIY. Uh, Littles, ages four through six, is open and staffed, and they're ready to have some fun in there. Uh, Family room is always open for parents to hang out with their kids. Kids are not to be left unattended in the family room. Um, Even my kids, who are very offended that they don't get the special privilege, They're just like, really, Mom? I was like, yeah, really. So uh, parents, you need to stay with your kids uh, in the family room. Uh, If you're new, if you're a guest, welcome. We welcome you. It is always, honestly, just a joy and um, an honor and a privilege to worship the Lord uh, as a church. And we welcome you. uh, We welcome you this morning. On the back of the seats, there's a card. It's called our connection card. Church family, you know, it's a place to put testimonies and praise reports. Your prayer requests are prayed for. Um, We stand in agreement with those requests. If you're new, you can put your name, you can put your email, and we'll send a welcome email out to you with some information. Uh, And those go in the offering buckets. 
bring your tithes and offerings during the break. Bring them joyfully to the Lord, and then we will come together in about five minutes. All right. All right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing? Enjoy the, the greeting time. Yes. All right, so um, I have a few announcements today. Um, first thing is we have our worship and prayer night this Wednesday night, the 3rd, from 6.30 to 7.30. And it is a, as we've talked about before, it's a really kind of free-flowing. It's just worship where usually myself and Sydney and Paul or some others are just singing some songs and worshiping freely. And you can kind of come and go. It's an hour long. If you want specific prayer, you're welcome to come up and we can lay hands on you, anoint you with oil. Um, but it's really just a great time for us to get in God's presence and seek the Lord. And um, you might just need to come and rest because you had a busy start to the week and you just need some peace. You can come here and just get in God's presence and just relax. You know, we, we've had people that have come and fallen asleep because it's so peaceful. So you're welcome to do that. Um, next announcement, our new May bookmarks for the Bible reading plan are on the back table. Uh, so pick one of those up. Uh, they're really great. As Pastor Liz mentioned, if you didn't get stay on track with the last month, well, you can start new, fresh every month and um, feel good about checking off the boxes. But And then last week we handed out the Attributes of God card. We ran out of them, and some of you uh, wanted them. They are on the back table as well. So grab one of those. And the last thing, life groups. How many of you guys know that we have... Life groups or small groups going on here. Raise your hand. Yes. How many of you didn't know? A few. Anybody? Anybody? Okay. Good. Well, that means we're talking about them a little bit. We've got six groups that I uh, just want to quickly bring to your attention. Um, they're all up there. We have the Luciano group that meets on the third Sunday of the month uh, in the evening. We have Men to Men that meets on the first and third Saturday. So Luciano Group, right now they're talking about healing. So if you need healing in your life and you want to learn the biblical way to receive healing, this is the time to come on these Sunday nights, these third Sundays. Uh, Paul is doing an awesome job preaching on that and teaching on, on that. They're going through a book, and so I encourage you to come check that out. Men to Men is for any man. So if you are a man, you are welcome to come on the first and third Saturday uh, we have Women to Women, which is the second and fourth Saturday. So if you're a woman, feel free to come to that. Uh, the Carter Group meets the first and third Tuesdays, and they have room for how many would you say, Chet? A dozen? Okay, so the, I think they have six right now, so they can accept six more people. So if you are interested in checking them out, um, feel free to contact us for their information. Spirited Sisters is for widows, so if you are a widow... Uh, they have a ton of fun together. They do a lot of fun things, so you don't want to miss that. Um, and young adult group. So that's for 18 to 28. If you fall in that category, they meet here on the second and fourth Tuesdays. And I want to encourage you, if you feel isolated in your life at all, get into a group. All right? If you feel lonely, get into a group. If you are wanting to grow in the Lord and get some discipleship and learn how to be a follower of Jesus, get into a group. You, you, we can't live as entities unto ourselves. We are called to community. And living life together and doing life together is how we stay strong, encouraged, and discipled. 
And so I encourage you to jump into those. Um, and if you have an idea for a group, feel free to contact me. Uh, we just finished a group that happened on Sunday mornings. It was eight weeks long called Prepare to Stand. If you were in Prepare to Stand, shout it out. I was there. Did you love it? It was so good, right? So we're going to hopefully be doing more of those. And uh, But yeah, get involved, get plugged in. It will bless your life. I love our uh, little tagline up there. Uh, Join a group, gain a family. Yeah? And uh, I know family is a... People have different... uh, (laughs) dynamics and feelings when we say the word family, Um, and I get that, I understand that, but this is the family of God, joining the family of God. You're in the family of God if you've made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, and then to join a family, it's just as Pastor Andy was saying, this community of people that can come around you, surround you, support you, pray with you, Um, and I have found a lot of the times when you're in a community, God speaks to them to encourage you. How many of you would like some encouragement periodically? And I really feel like it's amazing. Like, I'll get text messages from people who are, you know, that we're in community with, in the family with, and they'll just send an encouraging text out. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you, God. And thank you to the person who was obedient and heard heard from the Lord. So I love that, uh, to join a group and gain a family. Uh, A couple of the things uh, before we just pray over our tithes and offerings. Um, There are local elections coming up. and if you'd be blind if you didn't know, you know that that was occurring. And we can pray for you then if you are blind, because Jesus opens the blind eyes, and so we definitely would want to pray for you regarding that. However, if you don't see those road signs, or there's signs everywhere, that there are local elections coming up. So we just want to pray for those briefly here uh, this morning. I believe those are coming up in a couple weeks here uh, fairly soon. So we want to just pray over that. And we're also excited that the Lord is bringing down some debt squares. Amen? We're looking forward to another one coming down soon. Uh, So here, Proverbs 16 says this, starting in verse 3, it says, commit your works to the Lord. So commit them to the Lord. Commit our finances to the Lord. Commit all of our works, everything we put our hands to, our families. Commit those to the Lord. And it says, and your thoughts will be established. I love this translation of it. So it really means that when, when we make this decision to commit to the Lord, Let's just talk about our finance. We're talking about tithes and offerings at the moment. But when we commit to the Lord, Lord, I am committing to you. I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to tithe. I will give above and beyond if that's what you ask me to go do. And you make this commitment. It says that your thoughts will be established. So he begins to transform our mind. He begins to transform our thoughts and our thinking. And he is the one who begins to take worry and remove it from our lives when we have committed to him our past. So when we uh, commit these works to the Lord, it's he who then establishes, it says, our thoughts. And established there means firm and stable. Mm, How many of us would like a firm and stable mind regarding every area of our life, including our finances. Man, I'm, I'm raising my hand with that. Come on, Lord, Lord can do that, amen? Amen. Well, let's pray today. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, uh, for these local elections coming up. Father, we just lift them up to you, Lord. We just pray that you would lead us and guide us in who you'll have us vote for, Lord, as we seek you. Uh, we know, Lord, that local elections are just as important, if not more, uh, than national elections, Lord. So we just ask, Lord, that you would lead us and guide us in that. 
and that you put into place those who you have planned and purposed to be in office, Lord. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that this is a year of fruit, Lord, that you are continuing, we're continuing to see the fruit grow in our lives, in our church, in our finances, Lord, as spring is springing, Lord, even though it feels cold outside, Lord, we thank you, Lord, that you are bringing fruit in our lives in every area. And so, Father, we lift up these tithes and offerings to you, and Lord, I just pray and believe today that you would, we would hear from you today through the words that you have. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are in the, uh, in the middle of a series. Again, I don't know how long uh, we'll go for. We'll just let the Lord lead us. But we're doing a series called The Attributes of God. The Attributes of God. And the reason why I just felt led to, be, to just do this and teach on this for a little bit is because all of us face circumstances in our lives that the enemy or it's just life in general tries to come against a fundamental principle and an attribute of who God is. And we, as believers, of those who are trusting in God, have to get a new filter. You know what a filter is, right? A filter takes everything that's coming at it, and it only lets certain things go through, right? And so for me, I want my filter to be such that it is so clear that no matter what is coming at me, the only things that come through the filter are God's truth, in God's word, in God's attributes. So no matter the situation, the circumstance, it doesn't matter what it is. We all have them. We all have these situations. Whatever that is that's coming at you, I want these attributes of God to be your filter to see life through. Almost like a contact lens. Nina and I were talking about con- It's like when you put in, so how many of you wear glasses or contact lenses? Okay, so you guys will get this analogy. So when I don't have my contact lenses in, and if I were to go play softball, I have problems seeing this. Hold on a second. Whoop. Brother Paul, did you catch me on that? I don't have a problem. I can see perfectly, and the Lord is actually working and healing my eyesight. My prescription has gone from like 2.25 to 1.25, right? So God's moving me in the right direction. Hallelujah. That's a whole other story on healing. However, what I'm saying is if I today decided to go out and play softball without my contacts in, I wouldn't see the ball coming quite as clearly as I would need to in order to get my glove up and to stop it from hitting me in the face. So these contact lenses that I put in, they give me clear sight. They allow me to see. In this series, what I want us to do is like putting in that fresh set of contacts. You know how many have had contacts in when you've had them in too long and they're feeling pretty dry? Or you've worn your glasses for like a month and never cleaned them? Yeah, you're like, how, you pick up someone's glass and say, how could you possibly even see through these things, right? How many have been there? Okay, so that's what I'm talking about this morning is that I want us to have such clear vision and such a great filter that no matter what comes at us, we understand who God is and what he's doing in any given situation. So an attribute here, an attribute as defined is it's a quality or feature regarded as a characteristic or inherent part of someone or something. So basically, it's something that is descriptive. Something that is part of God, who he is, and it does not change. It's an attribute of him. And I understand there's a lot of, I mean, we do this. We all do this. We have questions. Why did God allow that to happen? Where was God in that? What happened there? 
And really we're walking through each of these attributes. When we're done with them, I don't know if we did this like 10 or 12. When we're done with those, we have this firm foundation of who he is. So attribute one was God is infinite. We pretty much understand that in theory. It's hard to wrap our heads around that in reality. Infinite, what does that mean? It's basically all of eternity from the beginning of time all the way through forever. He is infinite. He was always here. But what we have to understand there is he doesn't work on the same timeline that we're on. Right? We're, the life, Bible says that life is but a vapor, which means our time here on earth is very short in compared to eternity. It's very short. And so God works things, and he organizes things, and he orchestrates things, and he does things in our life that we wish would be different immediately. But he's working on something even bigger and greater. And we get to see it down the road, but it's frustrating sometimes when we're walking right through the midst of it. So God is infinite. We have to understand he does not work on our same timeline. Attribute two, God is immutable. This is one of the most important. Well, they're all important. But this attribute is important because it means that the rest of them we can understand through the lens that he doesn't change. God doesn't change. The Old Testament God, the New Testament God, the God of yesterday, today, and tomorrow does not change. He's always the same. And the important part there is he cannot go against his word or his plans. He gave man and woman free will to choose. And because he did that, he can't change that anymore. That is what he made that, he established that. And that's the world that we live in currently. And in fact, I actually, most of the time I'm aggravated at that because of other people. <laughs> Come on, right? We're like, man, why did God give that person free will? <laughs> right? Free will to choose how to speak to me, right? What to do and all this, is like how to drive. Like, why does that person have free will how to drive? Right? When are all these autonomous vehicles going to make this place better? Right? They're not actually. I love to drive. I know you do too. Okay. But what I'm saying is we have free But the good part of being free will is we get to choose to worship him. God doesn't want to force us into a relationship. In fact, you don't want him to be forced into a relationship. How many people love to be enjoyed to be forced into something? Yeah, no hands going up. Especially the kids. <laughs> They're like, I don't like peas. I was forced to eat peas as a young child. I really dislike peas. And to this day, I still really dislike peas because I was forced into something. So God doesn't force us into a relationship with him. He, he says you have a choice, you have a free will to choose a relationship with me. Attribute three is God is love. We understand that by what Jesus did, and we see that in Jesus' life and what he did for us. Attribute four is God is good. He is infinitely, unchangeably kind and full of goodwill. He is good. We can trust in him. Last week we did God is wise. He is full of perfect, unchanging wisdom. And we said last week that he knows what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And he wants to tell us, those things. And so it's, uh, that's what those handouts were uh, from last week. It's basically, uh, there's on, on the back table if you weren't here, but it kind of walks you through the process of hearing from God in a particular situation in which you need to make a decision or you need his wisdom in the situation. Okay, so this morning, here we go. We're all the way up to attribute number six. God is faithful. Say that with me, church. God is faithful. 
He is faithful. He is faithfully. He is infinitely and unchangingly true. And I looked up this, this, this definition of faithful. Listen to this. I don't know if I have it up there or not. I'm not sure I do. But I do? Oh, I do. Good job, Pastor Jason. Okay. Faithful is this. The fact or quality of being true to one's words or commitments. Whoa. Think about that for a second. God is unchanging. He is good. He is love. And then he is faithful. It is a quality of being true to one's word and one's commitment. <laughs> this book, the Bible, the word, infallible word of God, which means if he is faithful and he never changes, which means that he is truthful to his word and to his commitments, it means that every commitment that he's made in here, every truth that is in here, he will deliver on. Come on, church. This is a revelation that just kind of like floored me this week. He is faithful. He has established his word, and he will fulfill his word. And I've read the end of the book, church. I, we know what's going to go down. We know how it's going to happen. And Jesus will return, and he will establish, and we will be in heaven for all of eternity with him. And he will restore all things that were taken, that were lost, that were destroyed on this earth. He restores all those things. This is his word, and it's going to come to pass. And if we can live day in and day out with an understanding of this word, this is a living, breathing word, and the situation I'm faced with, the circumstance that I have, if I can get into this word and I can see it and I can understand it from his perspective and I can then believe on the truth, he's faithful. That's for me. That promise is for me. This promise is for me. That promise is for me. Because his word is true and he's faithful. And I think the challenge we all have is that people, we, we represent, just like we talked about how uh, we see God through the, through the lens of our father, our earthly father, and that's a really bad lens to look through. It's a bad lens for my kids to look through. It's a bad lens for everybody to look through because we are not perfect. The father's in the room here. The father's all across the world. We are not perfect. And so our children and people see through us a representation of the Father was just like, well, that's not right. That's not Well, we have to understand that we're not perfect, and we do fail, but God is perfect, and God does not fail. And so we can trust him. So look, people have let me down. People have let you down. They have been unfaithful, right? I mean, every time you turn on TV, there's something about someone being unfaithful in the news or in movies or everywhere. It's just everywhere you go. But he is not. Just because the world is, just because people are, because flesh and bone is, he is not unfaithful. He is always faithful, always delivers. God always does what he says he will do. Come on, church. He always does it. And then we have a situation that didn't work out exactly the way we want it, but there's a promise that says he restores all things, and he does all things. And you say, well, I don't understand why that person did get miraculously healed. Well, you can wonder all you want. Only God knows the reason. Maybe it was their faith. Maybe it was this. Maybe it was that. Maybe we just live in a fallen world. But here's what I do know, is that person who passed away and they understood and loved Jesus, they are now completely and perfectly healed. Which means his word is still faithful. 
And when circumstances and situations happen in our lives, we're like, well, I, if we can put it through this filter, say, well, no, 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 God is faithful. God is delivering on his promises. He will do what he says he will do. And we begin to walk and believe in that. And the interesting thing about this is, and I'll get to this in a moment, but I just feel like to say it now, faithful, we have to have faith in his faithfulness. We have to have faith in his faithfulness, which means we have to believe. We have to believe that he is, in fact, faithful. Deuteronomy 7, I'm going to read a, a portion of scripture here. I'll try to read it pretty quickly. But I want us to understand that God has established a covenant with his people. And when he establishes a covenant with his people, he does not break it. He does not break it. And here we're going to be reading about a covenant that he established with Israel. And then we'll look briefly and understand that we as Gentiles are not of Israel, but we are then grafted in to the same covenant that is, he is our God, he is our Father, and he is with us and for us and faithful. When we get wrapped around and we're grafted into that, we can then stand on those same promises that he is always faithful. It says this in verse 6. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you, he's chosen you, church, to be a people for himself, a special treasure. Somebody need to hear that this morning. You are a special treasure to God. You may not feel it. You may not think it. But you need to understand that you are a special treasure to him. Above all the peoples on the face of the earth, the Lord, verse 7, did not set his love on you nor choose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of the peoples. Verse 8, but because the Lord loves you and because... He would keep the oath, church, faithful. He's keeping the oath, which he swore to your fathers, to our fathers. He swore and made a covenant that the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of bondage, from the hand of the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Verse 9, therefore know that the Lord your God, let's know these things. He is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations. A thousand generations. Now, it'd be interesting, I'd be interesting to know how many a thousand generations would be based on when that was written, but I'm not getting into end time stuff. Okay, so a thousand, just maybe, I just thought of it now. A thousand generations for those who love him, those who love him and keep his commands. So the Bible was established from the beginning to the end that he is faithful and is a covenant for those who accept him to be in his family. So then Romans 11, if you go to the New Testament, Romans eleven sixteen, it says this. For the first fruit, if the first fruit is holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root is holy, so are the branches. So I love this analogy. Like we could just do a whole message uh, a sermon on this for the first fruit is holy, which basically says when you are grafted in, you are a part of God's family. You are now holy and righteous because of Jesus and because of what he did. Verse 17, and if some of the branches were broken off and you being wild olive tree were grafted in among them and with them became a partaker of the root and the fatness 
of the olive tree. You now are becoming a partaker of God's promises, of his blessing, of his mercy, of his goodness, and of his faithfulness. I'm going to skip to Isaiah 55. And I want us to just understand here a couple verses here on the word of God, because if he is faithful, and this is his word, that means that his word has become established. Whatever his word says, then he is faithful to execute on his word. Look at this, Isaiah 55, 11. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. Come on, church. Ever written out a check and had to write void on it real big? Right? Because, hey, you can no longer use that check, right? You write void, V-O-I-D. I don't know why we write it so big, but we write it real big on the check. Do we people even write checks anymore? Okay, some people write checks still. Okay, you know, you don't just go on online banking and just start, you know, doing automatic payments. I don't write a whole lot of checks anymore, but we do write some. Anyway, so you understand, you know, when you get a new job and they say, hey, I need your banking account so we can do a direct deposit, give me a voided check. So what you do when you write void on that check means that check now is no. It's no good. Nobody can use it. But look at this. God's word never, ever, ever, ever returns void. There's no void ever written on any pages in this Bible. You can't find them. It does, you, there is no void. Even if you tried to write void, say, well, I think this is void. This doesn't work for me. It's not true. You're missing it. You're missing it because this is what the Bible says. My word shall go forth from my word and shall not return to me void. Anybody ever watch Over the Hedge? My kids have some of it. It's like a kid's movie. I'm thinking of the boomerang. What's the little chipmunk? Hammy, he takes his boomerang. And you think about it, what does a boomerang do, right? You throw it out and it, come, and it ends up coming back to you. What this is saying is God's word, when we put it out there, when it begins to work in the circumstance, in the situation, it's not going to come back and smack us in the head saying, Psh, <laughs> that's what you thought. God's word isn't really true. Never happens. Can't happen. Because he is faithful. And it shall accomplish what I please. It accomplishes what he pleases, and it shall prosper, look at that, it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And so many times we actually use, we use scriptures and words on things that maybe are, don't apply properly, and sometimes we wonder why things don't happen. But what this is saying is, when it is what God's will is, and the word of God that's established here, lines up with God's will in our circumstance, in our situation, and then we begin to believe on his faithfulness, and we begin to speak that word over our situation, whatever it may be, we begin to speak it and believe it and we build our faith in it, it will not return void. It will do what it says it was going to go do and it will be established in that manner. And we can trust in that. Hebrews 4 says this, starting in verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Verse 12. For the word of God is living. It's living. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of books out there. We just went to Erie County Public Library yesterday. Big library. The big one. Not the small one. Not the branch campuses. 
I'm talking the big one on the bayfront. Big Niagara's down there. It's very nice, very beautiful. But Maggie, my five-year-old, we're in the kids' area. She looks off to the right, we're looking out the windows, and the building goes all the way down to the right-hand side. She's like, Dad, is that still the library? Are there still books all the way down there? It's like, yeah, there are books all the way down there. And it hit me, there are so many words that people put on paper. There's so many words that we type up, so many emails and so many text messages that we do. But unless they're inspired by God, it's God's word that is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. It's his word that goes out and pierces. It's his word. It's this Bible. There's thousands of books. You only need one. Look, I'm not against reading. Grace, I love you, girl. She's our big reader. She loves to read books. I am not against reading books, even fiction books. Even fiction books. Notice how I said that? A little judgy versus the nonfiction books. I'm just messing with you. I love you. What I'm saying is there are all these books out there, and there's nothing wrong with those. Well, there are some wrong things wrong with certain books. But in, you understand what I'm trying to say? I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm fumbling all over this analogy. Are you with me? Do you understand what I'm saying? Let me just get back to the word, right? My mouth should just stop. Let me read it again. For God's word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit into the joints and marrow that means deep god's word penetrates deep only that god's word can do that and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart Woo. that's why when you pick up the bob you read like one verse you're just like oh what was that and where did that come from yeah, we're reading through the Proverbs. Like, you just read one proverb, you're like, oh, are you serious? You mean I got to do that? Yeah, the only reason why God's asking us and calling us to do that is to walk in wisdom, because he loves us. He knows there's safety in obedience. There's safety in that protection and the obedience of God. There are thousands and thousands of promises in the Bible. How about this one? Isaiah 41, fear not, for I am with you. Can you walk around like this? Do you walk around like this? If God is faithful, and he is true to his word, and he tells you and me to fear not, for I am with you, can we walk around that way? It's hard to sometimes. But we got to build our faith up in that. we got to hear the word of God. Hear the word of God and say, you know what, Lord? I will fear not. Why? Because you are with me. No matter what's going on in this situation, he is good, he is faithful, and he is with me. I will fear not. I will not be dismayed. For he is my God. He is the one who will strengthen me. He is the one who will help me. He is the one who will uphold me with his righteous right hand. There's like five promises right there. That's just one verse. Isaiah 41, 10. That's one verse. And there's like four or five promises that you can be sure of, that he will deliver on, that you can walk through life with that. If you remember nothing else from this, just remember this verse and walk around all week with this verse. Just walk around this week, all week. Just quote this verse when you wake up. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for God, you are with me. I will not be dismayed, for you are my God. You will strengthen me, you will help me, and you will uphold me with your righteous right hand. Say that every day for a week and see what happens. If the word doesn't return void, 
If it doesn't return void and he is faithful to establish it and you can stand on it and you can say, you know, I won't fear because God is with me. He will deliver me. He will help me. He will uphold me. If those are all true statements, then of course we don't have to fear. But we got to get ourselves understanding that that's who he is and that's what he's doing. If you look at the story of Joseph, story of God's faithfulness, you don't have to turn there. A lot of us know that story. Some of the kids, the kids even know the story from like Sunday school and stuff. Joseph, so God gave a vision to Joseph. He gave him a dream that all his brothers would bow down before him. And as the youngest of the family, youngest isn't in here, they are always free to share all the words and thoughts that they have in their minds and in their hearts with everyone else who is around willing to listen. So those who are youngest in the families here, you guys probably understand and can relate with Joseph, right? So he has this dream, and he tells his brothers that they're all going to bow down to him, and they're like, what is going on with this dude? I do not think so. And so they took him out, they threw him in a cistern or down like, you know, a little pit. Dude, younger brother, feels like I've, not, I've never been a younger brother, so I, you know, I feel for those who are younger siblings, Hunter. <laughs> I love you, bro. He's got an older brother. I can't even imagine, right? Okay, so he was, then he was sold into slavery. And then he was sold into Potiphar's house, and he rose up in the ranks. Then he was accused of this crime. We're talking years going by, right? Years upon years. Then he's ac- accused of trying to seduce Potiphar's wife. So she's, like, trying to get him because she's upset that he doesn't want to be with her. So she, he like, she like, you know, orchestrates this whole thing and gets him put into prison. He begins to interpret dreams for like the baker and, and the, the cupbearer and all these things. He gets overlooked. He becomes second in command. You know, even within the jail, they're like, he's just having blessing and favor. Yet none of his brothers have bowed down to him. But God gave him a word and established him in a word. And years upon years upon years have gone by. And then a famine comes, and the king has a dream, and Joseph interprets that dream, and immediately he goes from jail to second in command. From jail to second in command. Sometimes God moves suddenly. Sometimes he doesn't move suddenly, and we wish he would. But sometimes he does, and in this case, he did. And then his brothers came because they needed food, and they came and they bowed down before him. And the dream was fulfilled exactly as God gave it to him. And I want you to understand that God has given you and you and you. He's given things in your heart. He's given you dreams. He's given you visions. He's given you words. And he's given you thousands upon thousands of promises here. You have to understand, just like Joseph, that that word will come true. And it will be established. That wasn't Joseph's timing. Joseph was like, man, maybe they'll all just bow down to me right here, right now. But that didn't happen. Years upon years upon years and challenges and difficulties, being thrown in a cistern, being sold into slavery, being put in jail, being forgot about. All those things happened. And then the dream that he had, the word from God was established. Same thing with Abraham when he was told that he would have a son, and how many years later it happened. And I've got many personal testimonies here that I could share, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about those next week. Grace, if you want to come up here. So here's what I want to end with today. I want us to understand 
What is our response to God's faithfulness? So any of these attributes that we're doing, it's great to understand the attribute, but a lot of times we want to walk out of here understanding that, but what is our response to this? What do we do? What do we say? How do we, how do we look at things differently based on our response now this morning to God's faithfulness? The first thing we have to do is discern the circumstance. I think this is very important because there are circumstances that happen in your life that all have not been ordained by God to teach you some kind of lesson. And as you look at the Bible, you see there are really, there are three different ways and reasons for situations and circumstances in our life. And we have to put these through the filter that God is faithful. So we have to discern what's happening in our lives. So the first one could be a trial. They all start with T. Make them easy to remember. A trial. The reason sometimes we're in a trial is because we live in a fallen world. And there is sin. There is sin in our own lives. There is sin in man and woman, in creation. And so this is the reason our reaction to that is we need to repent if it's from ours from a sin that we're walking in, and we can talk about that in the coming weeks of what repentance really looks like. But we also have to understand that we live in a fallen world, and we will have trials. We will have circumstances. We will have situations, and they have not all been ordained by God to teach us a lesson because he is faithful and he is good. The second thing that comes and happens in our lives is temptations. Temptations come from the enemy. The Bible makes it very clear in James. It says, let no one say that I, when he is tempted, that he is tempted by God, for he cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. It's the enemy who does the temptation. And when we have a situation, a reaction, where we know that it's just evil, and the enemy trying to orchestrate something in our life, our reaction to that is to take that believer's authority that we've studied and we learned and we understand and we say, no, I'm going to say, hey, no, 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 enemy. This is not God's goodness. This is not God's faithfulness. We're taking a stand here against this. Then the third T, we've got trials, temptations, and tests. The Bible does say that God does allow certain things to happen in our lives to show us where we're at. And if that's the case and your circumstance is driven and the Lord speaks to you and says, hey, this is a test, what does a test actually do? It shows you where you are. It shows you where you are in a situation. That's why we take a test. It shows us how much we know or don't know. And a reaction to this is if it's a test, say thank him for it, learn from it, and move on. Because if we don't learn, we end up going through the same test. If you fail the test, you've got to take it again. You fail the driver's test, you take it again. But when we understand what that test is in our life, when God allows something to happen in our life, he shows it. It's not because he's not good. It's not because he's not faithful. But he's been trying to reveal something that we need to grow on in our own lives. He's still faithful. Trials, temptations, and tests discern the circumstance. Second thing we need to do is know his word and promises. Church, know it. Get it on the inside. Isaiah 41.10, walk around with it every day this week. Know his word and his promises. 
If he spoke to you something specific in your life, write it down. Read it again. Go back and revisit it. Keep a journal. Keep a note on your phone. Go back and say, this is what the Lord said to me. I know this situation is happening. I know I currently don't have a job. But the Lord said, and his word says, he will provide for all my needs. He will pay every bill. And I'm standing on that word and that promise, not the circumstance or situation that I don't have a job right now. So know his word. Know his promises. Because he is faithful I'm a testament to that. My family, he is faithful to deliver on his word all the time. All the time. And the last one we need to do is we need to trust God and his timing. His timing. The Bible says, Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. His word will come to pass, but we have to have faith in His faithfulness. And that's what this is. Trusting God and His timing is us having faith in His faithfulness as an attribute. So close your eyes with me this morning. Just bow your heads for a moment. I want to read this last scripture over each of you because maybe you're here this morning you're just like, man, I know, Pastor Jay, you're saying God is good and God is faithful, but I just don't feel it. I just don't see it in my life. And we always say, just because we don't feel it, just because we don't see it in the moment, doesn't make it not true. Because if you believe in Jesus and he is real... You don't see him currently today, but you believe. And so I want to encourage you with this last verse here this morning of Romans 8, 28. So whatever situation is that you're walking through, just even begin to picture it in your mind. And I want you to see that situation with the word, God is faithful. Almost like a rainbow which would be a good analogy given that's why he gave us the rainbow. It's to fulfill his promise that he would never flood the earth again. God is faithful. See those three words written like a rainbow over your circumstance, over your situation, over your body, over your family, over your job, over your business, over your life, over anything that you walked in here with that is a challenge or a struggle. I want you to know and understand God is faithful. And the Bible says in Romans that we know that all things work together for good. Every circumstance, every situation will work together for good for those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. God is faithful. Trust in Him this morning. He is faithful to provide. He is faithful to heal. He is faithful to save. He is faithful to restore. He is faithful to fix. He is faithful to give wisdom. He is faithful to give you strength. He is faithful to protect you. And he is faithful to never leave you.
or forsake you. So Lord, we just thank you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. You are faithful. You are faithful. And we stand on that this week, this month, this year, that you never change, that your word will come to pass for what it was intended for. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, We have some uh, prayer teams that will be up here in the front as we close the service. If you have never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Come up here. They will pray with you. They will lead you in a prayer. Your life will be radically changed forever, and it won't actually get any easier. Everybody still listen to me? Oh, what did he just say? He said, come accept Jesus. And it doesn't mean your life gets easier. It means that God is going to be with you. And in your life, he's going to challenge you on things. And he's going to help you grow. And he's going to be with you. And he loves you and he cares for you. If you need prayer for healing or just a relationship or just agreement about anything, they'll be here to pray with you. And let me send you guys out with this benediction. Ephesians 3.17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, you, and you, and you, being rooted and grounded in love, that we would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled, church, that you would be filled with the fullness of God every day, every hour, every minute of this week. Be blessed in Jesus' name. You're dismissed.